Hey everybody, good morning. It's Sunday morning. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of Down to Earth. Uh, today on our show, we're going to talk about the global pandemic that is now a global of global ramifications and it has far-reaching uh, implications for all of us. Uh, we're looking at uh, how this virus is going around the country. In fact, the CDC has issued a directive to uh, to American institute, healthcare institutions to get their pandemic plans in place. So that's indicative of the depth to which they feel that this is something that is worthy of our national attention. So it's Sunday morning and typically on a Sunday morning, good morning everybody, for those of you just joining me on YouTube or Facebook, I thought I would do this globally this morning by inviting all of my audience good morning hey everybody nice to see you all uh inviting everybody who typically joins me monday through friday typically you don't see me on facebook during the week because you know uh folks are working or at work and so on but i thought this was something that all of us should pay attention to it certainly caught my attention and as i looked at it i began to wonder if there aren't some biblical implications to all of this you know it's you can't obviate the fact that this is something a few years ago we had something similar where we had uh, a situation with do you remember the bird flu anybody remembers the the asian bird flu years and years ago and we thought that was a fluke uh, it was spread across asia it had come to the u.s but in a limited capacity but not to the extent that it would have become a problem here uh it was confined to asia at the time and and, and they seem to have a better control of it this time this virus is now global uh there are countries in fact just before we came on air italy announced that there are now 140 cases of the coronavirus in their country that there are 140 persons who have tested positive for the coronavirus and you got if you understand how viruses work you know that when it happens if one person tests that one person has come in contact with at least a hundred persons so the possibilities are that there are other persons who have tested who are likely to manifest symptoms of the virus, but we just haven't discovered that yet. And I suspect in a lot of ways, this is what the rest of us are thinking, that there are people who are probably what we call life hopes, who are carrying the virus, but who haven't manifested symptoms yet, right? It's, it doesn't seem to have much to do with immunity or whether you have a great healthcare system in your country or whatever, it doesn't seem to have anything to do with that. You know, we tend to look at it that maybe the folks in China, in the region of China where it happened, maybe they didn't have the best healthcare infrastructure in place. That's not necessarily so, because healthy people who have been subjected to health, good healthcare all their lives were infected. Uh, the, the, the cruise ship, the American cruise ship that was quarantined off the coast of Tokyo in Japan, quarantined off Japan, they were infected. All those folks were infected. They were exposed to the virus and they have come back. They're now quarantined for 14 days. Hopefully that's enough time for them to be tested and treated so that when they return to their normal lives, they will not have that virus in their system. 
Now I'm not going to speculate on, on on a similar movie. Uh, do you remember movie, the movie with Brad Pitt called uh, Z, in which they talked about uh, a, a virus that had spread throughout the world that made everybody a, a, a zombie, and only some people had uh, had a, uh, an ambiguity ambiguity to it. it. Had some sort of immunity to it. I'm not going to speculate on that. What I want to think about this morning is to draw the parallels on the context. Is this a biblical thing? We can't escape the, the likely ramifications. I mean, I know most preachers today are concerned about politics. They don't seem to be paying attention to what is going on in the world. They're more concerned about the elections here in America. They're more concerned about following a chosen leader. And they're not really doing what they're supposed to, be, to do. They're supposed to be the watchmen on the wall. They're supposed to look at these things and draw attention to the fact that maybe if this has biblical ramifications, and if it does, we need to go find a context. Now, this kind of stirred me up because last night I was minding my own business on Instagram, something I rarely do on a Saturday night. Most Saturday nights, I'm relaxing. I don't want to think about social media. I don't want to do anything. I want to, you know, I want to be free, be a person is what I like to call it. But last night, for some reason, I was scrolling through my Instagram feed and what came across was a story that on CNBC that the FBI has ordered $40,000 worth of hand sanitizers and masks. And I went like, huh? The FBI? And they say that they're buying it to store it and distribute it throughout the country in the event that there is a pandemic outbreak. And I'm like, what does the FBI know that we don't know? I've never seen, this is unprecedented. I've never heard of the FBI in anticipation of something like this, that they are buying a specific type of uh, hand sanitizer because they say that that one works quickly to kill viruses. So guess who is headed out today to make sure I get the same one? I am. Why? Because there's a hand sanitizer, that specific one. So that means you come in contact with people Use a hand sanitizer so you don't, because you don't know. Now we don't know who is who. I know that this global pandemic, because it's now global, has affected Asians throughout the world. I know that uh, people of Chinese descent and Korean descent, wherever they have commerce throughout the world, their businesses have been impacted. People are not buying stuff online because from what I have read, the virus can stay active on surfaces for some time. In one story I read, it says up to a week. Another person on Twitter corrected me and said it can stay, if it's passed from an animal, it can stay on a surface for up to several weeks. That is what makes this a pandemic. It means that we don't have any control over it. So when I look at it, I obviously had to draw parallels and ask myself the question, is this a biblical thing? Is there, a, you know, is there some sort of, uh, foreshadowing of this is there an episode where this has occurred prior to so I had to go look now from what I remember of the Bible and from what I've read of the Bible in the book of Exodus the Bible does talk about the ten plagues that God inflicted on Egypt on Pharaoh because he wanted his people to go and when Pharaoh would not comply with the directive and the direct order from Moses the prophet then God instructed Moses, gave him certain specific instructions and told Moses at specific times that there would be specific plagues. 
And when those specific plagues happened, Pharaoh was not going to let the people go. So God was going to ramp it up until Pharaoh got the message to let the children of Israel go. Now, the children of Israel were enslaved and they were in a specific town, Goshen. So they were away. God kept them away from the plagues. And God wanted to show the children of Israel that he was their God and that they were chosen by him. So he separated them. But Moses had been raised in Pharaoh's palace. So Moses had access to Pharaoh because Pharaoh and he grew up together. That Pharaoh was young, was a young kid, was a young person. They had grown up together, so they knew each other. Pharaoh is a title for a king of Egypt. And in those days, kings were bestowed on, and it was progenitor, so that means it was passed down from the firstborn, right? And so Pharaoh was someone whom Moses had been exposed to because Moses was raised in the palace, so they knew each other. The people in the palace of Egypt knew Pharaoh, knew, knew Moses, so he had access. So he could come and he could go because he was someone they knew of, right? So you know Moses' story. He was an, a Hebrew and his mom couldn't take care of him, so she put him in a basket. He sailed on the Nile and ended up at slam back at Pharaoh's sister who had lost her child and wanted a son and saw this handsome baby and raised him. So Moses looked like the Hebrews, but no one told him he was a Hebrew until when he found out. Then he went out into the wilderness, obviously in total disbelief, and became found that he was called by God to be a prophet. Nobody likes that calling. Nobody likes to be the one who is pointed out because life is not easy. So I don't understand these nowadays prophets who are rolling like it's going out of style and claiming to be prophets and I'm like y'all ain't suffering nothing so how are you a prophet of God you might be a prophet of something but I don't know if you're a prophet of God because your life should show and exemplify the calling that you claim to be called to it's just like Elon Musk is a billionaire right that's not just something he says that's a lifestyle he lives so you can't say that he's not who he is right right uh I will pray for you. Might I know why you need prayer, sir? Someone is asking me to pray for them. Might I know why you need prayer? I pray peace upon you right now. Right? Whatever you're going through, whatever it is, I pray for you. Just hang on and hold on. It will get better. Okay? Just hang on. Hold on. It will get better. Right? So, when you look at these contextually, I had to go search the scriptures to find a type and shadow. Or find some foreshadowing and foreknowing that maybe these things we're experiencing in the earth today are relatable to uh, God bless you are relatable to what the children of Israel had suffered now in ancient Egypt there were ten plagues right but I want to draw your attention to some of them because I found something that I think we might just identify with in the ten plagues, there was water turning to blood. There were frogs and lice. And this one caught me. Livestock pestilence. The coronavirus came from livestock. Boils and locusts and darkness. So in Exodus chapter 9, 1 to 7, it talks about livestock pestilence. And that is important because we need to, uh, we need to figure out how did that happen? livestock pestilence did they not say that the coronavirus happened in the wuhan province of china 
because they did not sanitize the spaces where they stored livestock. It's not just the kind of livestock because we here in the West might be horrified to find that there are peoples in the world who still eat bats that live in caves, who eat the meat of snakes, the meat of dogs and cats and rats. It will horrify us because that's not the kind of meat that we eat, but that's what they eat. But what happens is that those animals, the meat that we eat here in the West are of animals that are in controlled environments. The animals are kept in specific spaces. They're not out there running in the wild, intermingling with other animals, and then we just kill them and eat them. They're killed, they're, they're reared specifically for human consumption, which means that they're, and they're stored in sanitized spaces, and the spaces where they are cured to become edible for human consumption is monitored and is sanitized. What happened in the Wuhan province of China, a British journalist got in trouble for reporting it, was that these spaces are not sanitized. If you go into the open market, the animals are there, they kill the animal, cut the animal with a knife or machete or whatever. And that same knife or machete might just have cut a piece of fruit or a vegetable that a human being then consumes and the animal having that virus is passed to the human being. It is possible that this might not just have happened for the first time. This might have been going on for some time. And the virus, like a virus, gets out of control. It develops an immunity to the bacteria, to the, to the antibiotics, and the treatment that you would attach to it, right? Uh, we bind that in the name of Jesus. You're not going to a witch doctor. If you need healing, say the specific type of prayer that you want and you'll be healed. Do you have a problem in your arm, in your left arm, for instance? If you have a pain in your left arm and it is hurting because something is wrong, you might have a circulatory problem, then be healed. Right? Right? We're in the body. The body is a huge organ. We're in your body is the, is the healing. You desire healing. You have to be specific. Right? And then you will get the healing. Witch doctors don't give healings. That's necromancy and witchcraft, and we're not, this is not about that, right? In your stomach, if you have a problem in your stomach, it could be attached to your digestive system. I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you are healed. I believe you will be healed by this prayer. You don't need to go to a witch doctor. You just need to go to the doctor. So while I pray healing for you, I also advise you to go into an emergency room where you can be attended to by medical doctors, right? Now, it's important to note that biblical plagues were ordered by God and sent by God, but he also had a remedy. The remedy was obedience, right? Yes, go to, now that we have prayed, please go to the doctor so that they can examine you to make sure the pain does not come back, okay? Right? It works hand in hand, all right? All right. So it's important to know that biblical plagues are, when ordered by God, God has this specific remedy. So it's kind of like God sits there and he says, you know what, I'm going to do this, but here's what I'm going to do on the outside. This is the exit strategy. This is how this is going to play out. 
So he had the healing before he even called the shot. The problem with some of the wars and so on that we have seen in the world in the last two, uh, several hundred years is that the people who created the wars didn't have an exit strategy. They could never have forecasted the entire picture, how all of this was going to play out and how all of this was going to happen. Whoever created the coronavirus, however it started, they could not have seen. I don't think they planned for it to be a global pandemic. They might have thought it would have done something to China, that it would have been confined to one region of China. It just so happens that that region of China is where a lot of international commerce takes place. So you gotta wonder too, if this wasn't designed specifically, didn't happen in Beijing, but it happened in Wuhan province where a lot of international industry takes place. In fact, when the virus first manifested, a lot of people had to leave China because a lot of industry, American industry, British industry, European industry is there. So people had to hoof it out of there. I think there was even somebody from Mexico. They had to hoof it out of there and get a fly, you know, hightail it out of there like nothing. So I want to draw the parallels between the global pandemic that we're seeing now and biblical pandemics. Uh, the thing that correlated this for me is the livestock, the livestock pestilence. In the Bible, the livestock pestilence killed off all the livestock. Here, the, all the livestock in China was killed. They killed it all off. All the stuff that people would eat, they, they killed it. Now, China is not going to tell you the truth. And truthfully, I'm not going to speculate about the satellites flying in the sky that could show what China has done to its people who were infected. But we know enough about China to know that we, we don't want to live there because we know what they do to their people, right? So it is possible that when this virus became out of, out of hand and uncontrollable, China killed everybody and killed all the livestock. God killed it, but he only killed the people whom he wanted to make an example of. Do you see the, see the correlation? Something is up with this, with this stuff. If the FBI is saying they're gonna buy hand sanitizers, y'all, let's go get some hand sanitizers and masks because we have to go out in the public. The thing is, it surfaces, it's not just airborne, it's not just a blood-borne pathogen, right? So airborne, we all breathe the same air, you're on a bus, you're on the subway, right? You're in the supermarket, you're at the hospital, you go to the bank, right? So it means, but it's on surfaces. So imagine you pull up through to the drive-through and all of a sudden you touch something that somebody who had the virus touches. And we all know that people don't wash their hands. As the British journalist said in the first report I read of this was that the places where the livestock are stored are not sanitized. There's no running water. The people are touching the animals, cutting the animals up, touching themselves, touching their mouths, their noses touching the animals, then touching all other surfaces. So it was rife with disease. And now it's become a global problem because there are no 140 cases in Italy. There are cases in Japan. Japan still has those folks who came off the cruise ship quarantined. That cruise ship has returned to Miami. It's been cleaned. The Diamond Princess, the, the, the company who owns them, says they have cleaned it from top to bottom. Uh, and they will, it will set sail again in April. As for me, I wouldn't put my foot on it. Not for the next 10 years. 
<laughs> I'm just saying, right? Because they said they had to clean it, right? Now, if such a thing, if this were to become a problem here, it's very easy to see how it would affect and impact all our lives. Because we, 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 we go to school, our kids go to school, we go to work, we interact with the public, we go out in public. Uh, it's airborne and at the same time it's surface borne. So even the mail that comes to your house. So even though I said I'm not ordering anything online, but the postal service is delivering packages that come from overseas. Everything we buy and consume comes from China. Who knows what China is probably hating the rest of us because we're they're looking bad and you know how China are and you know China you know they they're very uh they're people who are very egotistic. You think we have ego? They have ego. Right? They're worse than we are. So they probably in retaliation this thing is all over the place. It's on surfaces. And when you look at that you have to wonder, so what's the end result? What's going to be the exit strategy? How do we get out of here? What does the Bible say about how we got out of here? You know how the people got out of there? Obedience to the word of God. I am seeing some direct parallels here. Obedience to what God says. Do you know why in the first place the plagues affected Egypt? Because Pharaoh, the leader of Egypt, said what? Said he's not letting the slaves go. He's not going to let the Hebrews go, who are the Jews today. He's not going to let them go because he liked their free labor. So he would not let them go. So Moses, called by God, went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. And Pharaoh said, huh? No, so Moses went back to God and said, hey, dude, you know, Father, they won't let my people go and they're laughing at me. They think I'm a joke. Can we see some modern parallels? Let my people go. Right? Let my people go. And so when you look at Pharaoh's refusal to let the people of God go, what happened? He sent plagues. The plague did not affect the people of God. The plague did not affect the people whom he chose to let go. The plague only affected those who deserved it because they would not adhere to the word of God. So what am I saying? I am saying in this here season with this pandemic, we better know which side of the coin we're going to stand on. We've got to find what side of the coin. In addition to taking measures to protect ourselves, protect our households, you should have a space in your house where when you get in off the street, like I don't know about you, when I come in off the street, the shoes that I wear outside do not make it to my living room or my bedroom. We should all do that. Those shoes are left at the, at the door. There's one specific, as a matter of fact, I am now going to make sure that I put a tub of hand sanitizer there. So as soon as you come in, because as soon as I come in, I wash my hands. I drop my shoes and my coats. My coats don't go in the coat closet. They're hung up, sprayed with Lysol, and then placed in the coat closet. That's just me. That's what I've always done. So after this broadcast, I guarantee you everybody's going to go out and buy out Lysol, <laughs> right? And buy out hand sanitizers because we don't know. We don't know, right? And people are going to, I don't know about water. You're going to trust the water, the person who drinks the water. I drink boiled water that comes through my tap. Anyway, 
because I don't know where that other water is coming from. And what I'm saying is, in addition to making sure that you are walking according to the calling, make sure that you're also doing the, the stuff that we should be doing as a matter of prevention. Right now, the healthcare systems are planning for a pandemic because based on what they have observed and the way that this virus spreads, it's more of a contagion than anything else. Now, you and I are not falling out or flailing out because we're like, well, the flu kills a number of people per year. You notice they've been saying that a lot. We never knew that 10,000 people a year die from the flu. I thought it was like 180. Now, all of a sudden, it's 10,000. What they're doing is getting you ready for the fact that some virus similar to the flu could, take, could, could control us. Bill Gates must have been a prophet though he was mixed up with Jeffrey Epstein, I don't know. But he said this years ago, that we are not ready for a pandemic. And he said that because he has been to places in the world where sanitation is not uppermost. And sanitation and health and prevention of diseases is not something that most people think about. Environmentalists in this country have gone crazy by saying you shouldn't do this once upon a time, when I flew on airplanes, they used to spray the plane before the plane got to another city or got to another country. Environmentalists started screaming that that shouldn't happen. We don't know what we're ingesting, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden we saw an uptick in viruses across the world. Now you wish you could bring back those sprays because now you really want to. Did you know how much this virus has impacted China that China's flights across the country have dropped down to 16,000 per day when they used to have more than 231,000 flights per day? Global interaction with China has stopped. Nobody wants to do business. As a matter of fact, just yesterday, I was reading, it showed up on, I think it was NBC News or be the BBC on my uh, Instagram feed that a bus from Wuhan province in China, carrying people into the Ukraine who were Ukrainians and some of them were Chinese. Those people were being transported to a specific place. They were being taken to a medical center to be quarantined and protesters lined up and attacked the bus. The soldiers, soldiers had to move in to create law and order. Do you see something similar happening here? Yes. If it starts becoming a problem here, and the government decides they're going to put some people who are infected into one space, guess what? People are going to say, no, I don't want them in my town. Don't bring them over here. I don't want them here. Right? So this is, a, this is something for all of us to be aware of. But is this a biblical thing? I think it is. There is certainly a precedent in the Bible. It's called livestock pestilence. Go read Exodus 9, 1 to 7. It's right there. It's very clear. In that same chapter, though, you will find that the remedy for that virus was the people and the leader conforming to what the prophet of God said. And when the two came together, so you got to ask yourself today, well, where is a prophet of God? Well, they, do you see one? Nah, they've all aligned themselves and they have messed up their message because they chose to join one side or the other. And now nobody wants to hear. So now, how are we going to hear? Well, I have good news for you. There comes Jesus Christ. God knew this was going to happen, that they were going to mess up. He said, you, can, you, you don't need to go through anybody. You can just pray to me. 
here comes Jesus. You just pray to Jesus. The prayers go up and God will save you. But you've got to find yourself in the right place. Now, many people are not going to listen to this because you're like, I don't want to hear that. Well, I'm telling you what you might not want to hear, but what is true and why and there is a biblical precedent that precedes this. Now, there are many theologians who are going to cloak this in theology and they're going to cloak this in ancient philosophy. But I'm just telling it to you as it comes. And the fact of the matter is that this is going to be a global pandemic and it's going to hit us. It's coming here. Ironically, this is the season. Lent starts when? Wednesday. What is the biblical type and shadow to that? Passover. You know what that means? You remember reading the Bible? What did God say in the final plague? He said, cut a lamb, put the blood on your door, so that when the death angel is passing over, once he sees the blood, he'll see the sacrifice. Jesus came, so we don't have to use a lamb anymore. We don't have to cut a lamb. But what we can do is we can pray to God through to Jesus, the intercessor, and ask for mercy that when this one hits, it will pass right over. We need a Passover. It is not coincidence that this is happening at the same time as Passover. That's our answer. That's our reprieve. Our reprieve is to pray while it is Passover. God is still God. It doesn't matter how we fight and we seek to find answers and we think that my theology is better than your theology and my ideology is better than your ideology. And I think it's all started with a bing bang. And I think that when you die, you just die and that's the end of it. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what I think. What is true is that <laughs> there has always been a supreme being and he's still there. He never left. It's just sitting on watching all of us. The Bible did not lie. The ancient books did not lie. They all pointed up higher, whether you agree with it or not. This is that thing that does not require your agreement for it to be effective. You know, in today's world, the common belief and philosophers are saying that you are your own God. So you can, if you're your own God, then raise yourself up when you die. If you're your own God, command that you don't die. I've not seen anyone who has lived forever. Have you? I have never met anyone. Yet today we are told by new age people, they say they're new age because they come up with this modern idea of theology that says that you are your own God. That if that is the case, then Go to the tomb, go out to the cemetery and command everybody out there to be raised up. Until you can do that, sit yourself down. Because it's not true. Do you see what I'm saying? But that is not the case because there are some things when my mother, as much as I have prayed for people, put my hands on people's bodies and prayed for them and have seen them heal, seen people get up and walk out of hospital rooms. When it was my mother's turn to die, I could not reverse that. All the faith I had in the world, all the healing I preached in the world could not save her. It was her time. She had come to that intersection. So there is an intersection that all of us, when we come to, that's when you know the true power. That's when you know who is and who isn't. This is not the time for us to shirk around. 
this thing that we are seeing right here because it has a biblical precedent. This is not as the Bible says, wars and rumors of wars. You've read that Bible, you've read that in the book of Daniel that talks about wars and rumors of wars. When you listen to that, you are assured that sometimes people just create wars and just create rumors of wars to drive industry or to drive fear. Some leaders live all fear. They like when their people and others are fearful of them. But this is not that case where it's wars and rumors of war. This is not the story where this is about people just believing it. No, this is not. This is going to be, if it hits us here in the U.S., which it will, because all those folks have come, they have touched surfaces. And that is, and even if it doesn't come from the folks who have been quarantined for 10 days and 14 days, who came from Wuhan province or those who came over from the cruise ship, guess what? It was still on services, surfaces that were touched. It's only a matter of time before it manifests. And when it does, they're going to call 911. And when 911 comes, the first responders and the police are not going to have masks on. They're probably not going to have gloves on. They're not going to use hand sanitizers. So right now, anybody who is dealing with the public needs to start doing hand sanitizers with alcohol, not the ones that we buy at Bath and Body Works and so on. You need ones with alcohol that can stop this virus in its tracks. Here we go again. This is not just a flu virus. It has an additional component to it that makes it lethal. I read a story yesterday where the, the, the president got mad that the people from who were on the cruise ship were allowed into the country. He, he had said no, he didn't want that to happen. But the State Department and the CDC determined that because they're American citizens, they had to come back home. So the State Department and the CDC let them back in, provided that the CDC, uh, follow, they follow the protocols of being quarantined. But the president was still mad. He's seeing something. He has access to information that says this could have been something worse. It's, tr it's containment, trying to contain the spread. Now you have the FBI saying, it's kind of like their way of saying, uh, you all better watch out. This is going to be worse than you think. So we are protecting ourselves. So if we're doing it, maybe you all should do it. And that, my friends, is the crux of it. So when you look at it and you look at the biblical precedent, how the people got out of it by their belief by following the instructions of God himself and by employing exactly what God said. He did say do this and do that. He gave specific instructions. We need to follow the protocols that the healthcare administration is going to tell us in a few. They're going to tell us to wash your hands. For the love of God, people, can we wash our hands? I'm not disparaging against anybody's ethnicity, but I, I don't eat certain foods because for years it would make me sick. It gave me a headache with sauces that were attached to it. And I wouldn't eat it. But me? Because I had always been, you know, suspicious or fearful. But that's me as a person. Now we have a global crisis because now nobody knows what the heck is going on. See, the thing with us now is globalization has opened up the world to us. So whereas before we could only see a little bit, now we can see the whole spectrum. And the whole spectrum is now that we know that some parts of our human family 
are still eating uh, products that maybe they shouldn't eat because it hasn't been you know it, it hasn't been sanitized it's not fit for human what we would say fit for human consumption just recently I read a report in Detroit that a supermarket was closed down because the the, 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 the shoppers smelt and saw rotten meat so they called the health department the Department of Agriculture for the state of Michigan to go in and shut the place down that meat was not fit for human consumption because people who operate these places are trying to save money by not turning by turning the coolers off at night how in Dickens name they think they could get away with that most of those places need to be locked up and shut down you're destroying people's bodies by giving them stuff that is is not so if the meat is bad the eggs are bad the butter is off the milk is off the dairy products are off they need to be shut down they should not operate and if we're saying that is our standard then we need to do the same with our brothers and sisters who live in other parts of the world who still eat meat that we think might have rabies on it you wouldn't find regular people here eating uh, snakes and bats and rodents rodents run in the sewers but that is what is available that's their culture that is what is available to them you see what I'm saying so that's their reality it's not ours but now that has created a global wave that now all of us are have to have to respond to so in the one hand you have healthcare, the natural remedy. And over here, there's a spiritual remedy. And I am saying as we approach Passover, because it's going to be Lent in a few that leads up to Easter, the time of year when we celebrate or we recognize the sacrifice of Jesus' crucifixion. And during Lent, we have certain traditions. We abstain from certain things. People abstain from drinking, from eating, or whatever. If that is your tradition, then do so with fervency this year. Don't just do it because it's a rite of passage or it's something that you typically do. Do it meditatively while meditating on the fact that we are facing a global pandemic. Maybe it won't be the, the coronavirus this time. Maybe it will be something else. But we need to make sure that we stay, we use our hearts and we keep our hearts close to the heart of God. We need to stay prayerful. I know in today's world, it, it, it's, it's inconceivable. You can't even say Jesus. You can't say God. It's not politically correct. It's not politically correct to talk about you having faith in God. People hate God because the Bible says certain things that people don't agree with and people make a lifestyle out of it. Well, the Bible is going to tell you what is true and what is good. The problem is the people who were proselytizing sometimes they incorporated their traditions and their own personal beliefs into what the Bible says and maybe the way they conveyed it maybe their delivery was wrong but all of us it's up to all of us to read it for yourselves now there is an app you can get in the App Store in the Google Store it's called the Bible app so far it has had almost a billion downloads just download it for yourself in fact in China right now there are Christian agencies that have donated money for protective clothing that are trying to help with the virus, that are helping the citizens, helping the, the agencies, the government agencies. That's a Christian thing to do. 
I am saying for all of us, we're going to find the same thing happening here, even maybe more. But in the meantime, everybody, we all owe it to ourselves. Download the Bible app and go read Exodus 9. You can read it whatever language you speak. You don't have to speak English. You speak Spanish, French, Italian, Greek. Every language of the world this Bible is translated into. Read Exodus 9, 1 to 7 and then read Exodus chapter 10. And when you read it, you will see for yourself. As we approach Passover, this global uh, religious adherence that we look at and recognize as Lent that leads up to Easter, that is the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, the founder of the Christian faith. As we approach that, think on these things. Think on these things. Meditate on this. You don't have to take up a Bible and wave it to everybody. You don't have to... You, this is not the season that you're called to prove to people. One of the things I think is they say you have to loudly declare and so on. How about you meditate on this? Think on these things. Think on these things. Is there some kind of biblical precedent on what happened to those people who experienced the livestock? Well, we talked about that. You talked about why it happened. How did they get out of it? Well, is this a parody of things to come? Yes. The Bible says of itself in the book of Psalms that these are written as examples for us to follow. That means it happened to them. This was what they did to get out of it. If it happens to you, this is what you do to get out of it. It is Passover. It's almost Passover. This Wednesday, the 26th, starts the season of Lent. It is approaching Passover. Friends, let's all let pray that this one passes over us. Let's pray that this coronavirus, I don't know why they attach that name to it, COVID-19, COVID-19, the coronavirus, let's pray that it passes over us. It has ramifications and implications for us that could be damaging. So far, 75,000 people have died. We're talking about since January. We're not talking about over 10 years or over the study of this. Since January, 75,000 people have died that we know of. We don't know what really happened in China because China is not about to tell us. There have been reports that China has been executing its own citizens. We don't know, they, they, they expelled the journalists who said so because they said the journalists were lying on China. We know how China is. China is the same country that said all families should just have one child and it's a male child. And then years later, they don't have any women. They, they couldn't see into the future that you'd actually procreation actually happens with, with male and female. So do we really trust China? Hell no. Are we gonna trust what China says? Nah. But this one thing I do know that there is a biblical precedent for this. And because there is a biblical precedent, it is too coincidental that this is near the season of Passover. So my prayer for us today is that we pray that this one passes over. We pray that this too shall pass. Because if this thing hits our country, we have vulnerable peoples in our country, our seniors in senior citizen homes, they're vulnerable. Our law enforcement are vulnerable. 
our first responders are vulnerable. They're on the front lines. Our children are vulnerable. They're in school. Those of us, all of us, we go out to work. We interact with the public. We're all exposed and vulnerable. And we don't have the capacity to deal with this because all we've been focused on are wars with AR-15s and guns and shooting up children in schools and making guns so prolifically available that people in, in marginalized communities and inner cities across the country are killing themselves. We've made drugs and opioids a way of life. We never thought about a virus. We don't have the tools to fight that. But we are vulnerable, all of us. We all come in contact with the public. Where are we gonna buy food? So if I go to the grocery store to buy food, the food that I buy is going to be tainted if the person who touched the food had the virus. So my fruits and vegetables and the fruits that I eat and all the stuff I buy, the carts in the grocery store, the touching the screens at the checkout line, we're all exposed and vulnerable. We go to work, the door that you touch to walk into the building, you have to go to court if you get a ticket or something like that. Those who work in the court system, every one of us, you go to school, you have children on college campuses, they are exposed. Young children in kindergarten, they are exposed. Everything we touch is exposed. And God forbid this virus lands on our livestock. God forbid this virus lands on those of us who have pets in our homes. Can you see how multiplied this would be? So you get it. You breathe on the dog. The dog kisses you. I don't know how people do stuff like this. It's just not my lifestyle. The dog spends most of the day playing around in the toilet bowl. And then you kiss the dog. I don't know. And the dog comes and slather all over you. So God forbid this virus touches our pets. Then we would really see something. So as we approach, my God, as we approach this, we need to pray to let my people go. The people who are caught up. People who are all over the place, confined. Just recently I read the story of a man in Detroit who spent 27 years in jail for a crime he didn't commit. There was no physical evidence tying him to the crime. I, there, were no, I, there was no eyewitness testimony. He was locked up for 27 years. There's a story on the Washington Post about a man who spent almost 50 years in jail in, in New Orleans for a crime he didn't commit. That the prosecutors hid from the jury that eyewitnesses said it wasn't him that he was actually eyewitness. His family testified he was at a party, he was at their house when the crime was supposed to be committed. The prosecutors hid that from the jury. For him to get out of jail, he had to uh, commit another crime. He had to accept a deal to get him out of jail. And part of that deal was accept uh, a crime that he did not commit either. Let my people go. Moses' words are still echoing through the earth today. Let my people go. Free my people from bondage. Free the people. China, free your people. Stop gutting open people's bodies and organs. Maybe that's why the president has gotten so paranoid because he knows exactly what they're doing. Let my people go. 
Right here we have people caught up in all kinds of bondages. People are locked up for things they did not do. People are caught up in a vicious cycle of poverty that they can't escape out of, that they give up hope in ever escaping. Right now, people are caught up in taking drugs and alcohol. You know that friendly thing you start and you can't control it? Let my people go. These are plagues. We're living in biblical times again. Suicide is up. That's a plague. Homicides are up. That's a plague. Depression is a plague. All this gender identity crises, that's a plague. The opioid crisis is a plague. Cocaine, crack, heroin, meth, those are all plagues. Sexually transmitted diseases like we've never seen before, these are all plagues. Let my people go. Divorce, more than 50% of marriages end in divorce, that's a plague. People can't even stay together. That's a plague. Even same-sex couples, same-sex couples divorce within the first two years. They barely survive the first year. That's a plague. Let my people go. I say to all of us today, we need prayer. It's coming up to Passover. Let's not just observe this as if, well, it's just another land and I'm just gonna give up smoking cigarettes but then you'll pick it up back at the end of it. No, be prayerful and meditate. Think on these things. Just don't think that I'm some heretic sitting out here just saying stuff because I feel like I wanna say something. I have better things to do with my life. But this is what I have been called to do. And this one thing I know that this right here has biblical precedent and has ramifications that if we do not adhere and change how we think, this too better start packing up. I'm saying to all of us, we need to start packing up. And I'll leave you with this. The, 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 the 10 plagues of the Bible, people like to say that the Bible is just a book of story, stories and a fable. Let me help you out. I'm leaving you with this thought. The 10 plagues of the Bible have been proven scientifically to have happened. They happened in a town called Pi Ramesses. You know, Ramesses was a pharaoh of Egypt. So there's a town, an ancient city that has been excavated off the Nile Delta. And they found that that is where science reveals that that is where the 10 plagues happened. They saw the physical evidence. So it's not just a story of faith and people like to say the Bible is a book of fairy tales and fables. Okay, believe that if you will. When the coronavirus hits and it becomes this global, it's now a global pandemic. It just hasn't hit the United States yet. When it hits, then you will know. Right? Thank you so much, everybody. It's Sunday morning. Join me again tomorrow on Down to Earth. Continue to support our podcast by going to my page on Anchor FM. Click on support this podcast as well as continue to share this broadcast with others. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever your favorite podcast platform is. It's Sunday morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I wish I could say we have football to go to after this, but all I can say is go eat something with chocolate. Make yourself some hot chocolate, right? And send a prayer up. 
we need prayer. Thank you so much, everybody. Be blessed. Bye for now. Hey, Facebook. What's up? <laughs> wow. Thank you so much. <laughs>